Well, I want to say welcome to those of you joining us online tonight. Uh, I'm glad that you're here. I'm glad that you're a part of our church family, and uh, I'm really thankful tonight to have the opportunity to share with you. You know, it's always a little bit dangerous when they ask the youth pastor to speak, uh, but I want to assure you, Pastor John, I'll, I'll try not to say anything uh, too crazy. Uh, but before we uh, f- before we jump into the Word tonight, I do uh, want to kind of uh, reiterate one thing. I know we have our uh, youth beach retreat that's coming up in July 10th through the 14th, and, and we're going to take some extra precautions to make sure that uh, everyone's healthy and safe. But if you have a student and, uh, and they're on the edge of, of going or you know that they need to go, contact me because, uh, I mean, I'm telling you, every year we go, God changes the lives of students, and we're believing for that again this year. And so we would love for your student to, to come on our trip with us. Uh, but before we uh, open our Bibles, would you just bow your head with me and let us just say a prayer to invite the Lord. And so, God, we just stop for a moment and, and pause and, and just invite you. God, in every place, Lord, every screen, every phone, every TV, Lord, would you just invade their homes? God, would you just begin to, to rest with them? And, and Lord, we pray right now that you would speak to us through your word and that your truths would become evident. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. Well, hey, tonight, if if you have your Bible with you, I want you to turn with me to the book of Philippians. You know, over the last couple of months, I've I've spent a little bit of time studying many of the epistles, and uh, I've been teaching out of several of them to our youth students. Uh, But one of the big points that we've continued to try to instill in them is the importance not only of reading God's Word, but of studying God's Word. And you know, often when we take a little bit of time to study, we understand that the context of the passage and what all is going on in this time and in specific location, uh, when you'll do that, all of a sudden the text begins to, to come to life. Uh, we begin to see things and understand things that we probably wouldn't have seen otherwise. And, uh, you know, this is something that's true for every book of the Bible, but it's especially true uh, for the book of Philippians. And I hope that uh, you'll kind of understand more of that here in a few moments. Uh, but uh, to, to kind of understand the, a little, a uh, few facts before we jump into the text, a few facts about the book of Philippians, uh, we know that Paul visited the city of Philippi during his second missionary journey. Uh, Those who came to know Christ through Paul's ministry would uh, eventually establish the church there. Uh, But it's also important to understand that Paul is writing this letter while he's in jail in Rome. Okay, so uh, in the letter of Philippians, Paul is writing to thank the believers for giving uh, to support him and and, uh, support his ministry and help him during this time. Uh, But he's also going to give them some instruction and try to help them as well. And so we see Paul is having to endure some some trials and some hardship during this time. Uh, One of the most humorous parts of of all of this to me as I was studying is that most scholars believe that Paul isn't in a jail cell, but they think that he is under house arrest during this time. You know, that's kind of something we can all relate to right now as we're coming out of this season of quarantine. We kind of all feel like we've been uh, under house arrest to some extent, ready to get out, ready to do things, ready uh, to go and, and have vacations and, and all of that. But what I want you to see is, is not only is Paul having to endure these things, but the church of Philippi is trying to endure hardships and persecution as well. And so uh, we're going to look at a few things that Paul uses to encourage these believers during uh, this season of hardship and trials. 
And there's some obvious application uh, here for us today as we as a nation, as individuals, as believers, uh, we're enduring hardships and trials. There are difficult times in, our, in America today. Uh, and during difficult times, it's often easy to disengage uh, to allow our hearts to harden or to pull away from God or even uh, our body of believers. But my hope today is to speak life to you, to encourage you uh, that now is not a time to become divided, aggravated, or angry, but now is a time that we would come together in unity and look to the one that holds all of the answers, and his name is Jesus Christ. I want you to look with me at Philippians 1.1. It says this, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are at Philippi with the overseers and deacons. You know, obviously this is Paul's introductory statement to the letter of Philippians, but I want you to look at the word saints. This, this word, this phrase, it's not meaning that the believers in Philippi are perfect or righteous, uh, but when you look in the Greek, it actually means to those who are set apart. And so from the very introduction of the book, Paul is presenting the idea that believers and followers of Christ should be set apart from the ways of the world. We should live, think, and act differently from everyone else. He's writing this to a group of believers that are having to endure hardship and persecution. And so, so this is what it shows us. It shows us that Paul still has this expectation for them Although they were going through these difficult circumstances, he still expected them to live by God's standard. That hardship and trials are not an excuse for compromise. That believers should remain steadfast even in the face of hardship. Paul emphasized this truth in 1 Corinthians 15, 58. It says, therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. We see this again in James 1.12. It says, blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. You know, many of us uh, right now, we're, we're facing less than ideal circumstances. And Paul's message to us today in the midst of everything going on would be to remain steadfast, to be immovable. Seek God, honor him, live a life that's set apart even in the, uh, the midst of difficult circumstances. And I, I wanna continue on in uh Philippians chapter one, and in verse five, Paul is thanking them for their partnership in the gospel. But in verse six, this should, uh, this should bring some uh, sort of uh, assurance to us as believers. It says this, I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. The believers in Philippi are facing persecution and opposition. And in this verse, Paul sought to ensure them that God had not called them and moved in their lives in order to abandon them or forsake them now. You know, this kind of reminds me of the story of the Israelites as they're being delivered from uh, the hands of the Egyptians. At the beginning of this journey, they come uh, face to face with the Red Sea as the Egyptians are in pursuit of them from behind. And in Exodus 14, they begin to cry out, God, where are you? 
Moses, why have you brought us this far in order for us to die? But we know this as believers that God and his divine providence had not miraculously produced the 10 plagues to free the Israelites just to abandon them at their next hardship, the Red Sea. God had called them out of the land of Egypt with purpose to fulfill his promise that they would go on to possess the promised land. He had not brought them this far to abandon them. And this truth remains true for us today. God hasn't called you this far to leave you or to forsake you. And he will complete the work that he has started in you. You know, when we face hardships, we trust God that he'll see us through all of it. God alone can make a way when there is no way. You know, even in seasons when you fall into temptation, you make a mistake, you, you fall to, uh, to sin, don't allow shame and guilt to come in, but hold on to the truth that God didn't call you in order to abandon you in your pit of despair, but he comes to restore and redeem. He has come to lift up the downtrodden through the precious blood of Christ. And we can trust that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion. And we can trust God during this difficult season of our lives. And I want you to look forward with me to verse 12 through 14. And I believe this is where the the chapter takes kind of a significant turn. He says this, I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. You know, this is extremely significant uh, because Paul is revealing that he understands God has used his hardship to produce something good in his life. Uh, Because of Paul's imprisonment, many Roman soldiers have come to know Christ, and Paul's imprisonment has somehow been used to encourage, empower, and to empower other believers to boldly proclaim the gospel. And so we see God uh, uses these harsh circumstances to produce something in Paul's life. And uh, we know this to be true, but often the most growth, development, and learning will take place in the hard times we endure rather than the good. Hardship and difficulty uh, can make us press into God like no other time uh, in our lives. You know, in fact, the majority of believers, most of us watching today, our story would probably be something like this. We got into a, a difficult spot, a difficult season, and when we came to the end of ourselves, that's when we looked to heaven and cried out to God because we realized that we could not make it on our own. You know, it's the the pressing of the olives that makes the oil. It's the pressure that produces diamonds. And it's the pressing in our lives that produces the anointing because it makes us rely on the Holy Spirit like never before. In seasons of difficulty, it's important that we learn and grow in the areas that God is trying to stretch us. And it's also important for us as believers that we learn to be effective in every season. 2 Timothy 4.2 calls us to be prepared in season and out of season. You know, as you begin to think about the the life of Paul, Paul was a man that endured uh, endless hardships. Story after story, imprisonment after imprisonment, beatings, uh, shipwrecks, snake bites, and beyond. Uh, But in every one of these uh, situations, he somehow found a way 
to continue to be effective and to build God's kingdom. You know, Paul is, is thrown in jail and, and he worships until the glory of God comes and shakes the foundations of the prison and the guard and his family comes to know Christ. Paul is shipwrecked. He's stranded on the Isle of Malta. He's bitten by a snake, but he chooses to walk in the purpose of God and sees the natives come to know Christ. Friends, is it possible that through all the circumstances and situations that we're currently going through as a nation and as bodies of believers, God is wanting to use these things not in order for us to disengage or abandon godly disciplines that, that we know we, we should have, but to grow and stretch us where we can be more effective than ever before, where we can become more fruitful than ever before. You know, I don't believe that God has caused all of these things to happen, but I do believe that he can use these things to build his kingdom. This isn't a time for believers to withdraw from the hostile culture, but to engage and pray that God could somehow use all of this for good. God, use coronavirus for good. Well, would people come to know you? Could we all strive to be like Paul and, and recognize the current hardships, but refuse to, to let those render us ineffective? God, you've called us to be in a place and in times such as this. Use us for your glory. Let us all learn to be effective in every season, not to, to make excuses, but that we would learn to build God's kingdom in every situation, in every circumstance, even in the difficult. You know, as I prepares to, uh, prepare to close tonight, I, I believe that all of this, being able to, to learn to be effective in every season, choosing to honor, honor God, it all comes down to, to this choice. Will we choose to let life's circumstances make us better or bitter? You know, Paul allowed his circumstances to make him better. There's actually a great argument that Paul's imprisonment in Rome somehow made him more effective than if he were free. You know, his imprisonment forced him to, to produce and author the prison epistles. And you look at Philippians, Ephesians, Colossians, and Philemon. These books have gone on to touch millions upon millions of people, if not billions. How in the world is that possible? It's because he learned to be effective in every season by being led by the Holy Spirit and because he chose to allow these things to make him better rather than bitter. You know, right now, it's a challenge for all of us not to get aggravated, not to get bitter, not to get mad about everything that's going on in culture, but we cannot allow our hearts to harden towards the people that Christ has called us to love. Choose for these situations to make us better. God, would you show us how to be more effective? Would you show us how to reach more people? God, show us how to build your kingdom in this hard season. This is not one for us to withdraw, but it's one for us to engage and say, Lord, would you use me? That we would be like Paul, and even though we're shipwrecked on the Isle of Malta, God, use me. Lord, even though I'm, I'm snake-bitten, even though I'm in the middle of prison, even though I'm in the middle of a hard season, Lord, would you use me right now to build your kingdom? I, I submit to your authority, your purpose, and your will. And you know, tonight as I close, I want to I wanna end uh, the, this sermon with actually the words of Paul in verse 27. And he says this, only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. And to us tonight, I, I wish that, that we would respond in this season in a way that is worthy of the gospel of Christ. 
we wouldn't withdraw, we wouldn't become angry, we wouldn't become bitter, but we would allow these circumstances somehow to make us better. And I believe through the grace of Jesus Christ and through the power of His Holy Spirit, somehow the church can come ahead stronger and more effective than ever before if we lean towards Him instead of disengaging. And so tonight I, I wanna pray for us before we close. If you just close your eyes with me wherever you are and, and just say, Lord, we come before you. God, we know that right now in America and in our culture, God, there are difficult seasons. There are hard times. There, there are crazy things happening across our nation. But Lord, we ask for your peace. We ask for your wisdom. And Lord, we pray that you would help us to learn to be effective in this season that somehow you would continue to use us to build your kingdom, to reach people, not to become aggravated or bitter, but God, to extend the love of Jesus Christ. God, would you make us better during this season that we would please and honor you. We thank you today. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. Hey, thank you so much for joining us tonight. We love you. We're praying for you. God bless. There's no place I would rather be There's no place I would rather be There's no place I would rather be Than hearing you love, hearing you love There's no place I would rather be There's no place I would rather be There's no place I would rather be Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of you, God, and I want more of you, God. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more of you, God. Oh, more of you. I'm gonna sing it. There's no place, there's no place I would rather be. There's no place I would rather be. No place I would rather be than hearing you love, hearing you love. There's no place I would rather be. There's no place I would rather be. There's no place I would rather be than hearing you love, hearing you love. Set a fire down in my soul that I can sing that I can't control. I want more of you, God. And I want more of you, God. I set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of you, God. Cause I want more of you, God. I set a fire down in my soul Oh, I can't
can't control I want more of you God Cause I want more of you God Amen We're so excited that you chose to tune in with us tonight And we just pray that you'd have a blessed day